Welcome back to Nerdery and Nonsense of the Nerds with Accents Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe, aka that dude from VI, aka the Renaissance Nerd. And you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Make sure you guys show us some love by following, subscribing, rating, and telling a friend to tell a friend. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys give us a five-star review and a comment. It's a big help. If you if you listen to us on Spotify, just hit the heart. That basically lets you follow and subscribe to the podcast. And make sure you do the same. Follow and subscribe on Google Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Uh, this week for episode 14, we had another great episode with me and JG, my guy, uh, the greatest co-host in podcast land. And you know, we had a good time and we talked about the Bruce Lee doc uh be water that's a 30 for 30 on espn we talked about rumors about beyonce being in black panther 2 we had a nice fun uh, discussion on that uh new details about the ps5 and uh games that's coming from launch like miles morales spider-man his very own video game as well as the first black owned anime studio in japan absurd nerdery and plenty plenty more nonsense that we talked about for the rest of the show so we had a really really good one Obviously, for our listeners still over here in the U.S., uh, the protests are still going on. Of course, Black Lives still matter this week as much as they did last week, etc., etc. So I'm going to drop some more links for uh, petitions. Um, obviously, uh, we had the the, the killing of uh, Richard Brooks that happened in Atlanta. I think it was the day we were recording. Um, so obviously, you know, things still need to happen. We're still fighting for change. So I'm going to definitely still add some links to support. Um, if, if you're not willing to or not able to protest, definitely going to add some links to support monetarily or just signing petitions to try to, you know, bring bring justice for uh, black folks like like Rashard Brooks and the countless others who are, you know, experiencing uh, police brutality. So look out for that, you know, in the midst of all the nerdery and nonsense. And before I get to the show, I just want to give a birthday shout out to my co-host, JG. Um, shout out to my guy. Appreciate you having on the pod. Appreciate having you on the pod. And I appreciate and look forward to all the good things that is to come. So without further ado, you guys enjoy the podcast and, you know, give us some feedback on our Facebook page or hit us up at the nerds with accents at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. My boy, what's going on? What's good? I'm good, man. Chilling. What's up? I'm all right, man. You know, just here drinking some corona hard seltzer you know like the badass that i am you know what i mean well i got this guinness over here for an extra stout you know it's like liquid melanin bro <laughs> boss of course you would try to show me up and drink the guinness where i have this little 90 calorie hard seltzer okay <laughs> look at look at you trying to outdo me right from the rip man where's the love like jigga say where's the love where's the love it's all over here but I'm excited, man. You know why I'm excited? Because I have a lot of work to do. A whole lot, a of, lot work. of work. What kind of work do you have to do? Well, I just got my island designer app in um, Animal Crossing. So Here we go. I mean, every time we talk about this damn game, here JG goes trying to show me up. You know what I mean? Just because I only want to fish and collect random shit and sell it, it don't mean that you're better than me. All right? You're not Look better than me, buddy. Hey, man. You're not better, you know. Well, I'm not better. I'll get you on my level, man. I'll be your your sensei. You know, I'll teach you what you need to do. You know, give you instruction on how to make your island look legit. 
basically this man think he's my ip man. You know what I mean? Nah, I'm Bruce Lee with no sensei, all right? Off the rip. <laughs> off a of pure talent, okay? Uh, ip man no actually was Bruce Lee's sensei. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to say I'm I'm gonna be superior to Bruce Lee where I'll have the results, but without you know, without the trainer, you know what I mean? Natural <laughs> phenomenon, once in a generation talent, you know what I mean? Like my boy Itach. Okay, all right. <laughs> Anyways, man. Boss man. I, I think I think this week gonna be the the I ain't drunk, but this week gonna be the the drunk pod, man. It's gonna be the drunk pod, man. The messy like, pod right here. Hell yeah, the messy part. I'm like three or four in. It's a nice, beautiful Saturday in South Florida. I mean, I'm ready to go, bro. You've been drinking since 8 a.m. Nah, boss. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, I ain't that bad. Nah, man. Just it's been a lot. It's been a long week, man. So I'm excited to talk to my boy. Excited to talk about the nerdery. You know what I mean? So I'm just enjoying my Saturday, despite the world burning, despite COVID. We still out here. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. For sure, man. For sure, man. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about this week and what we care about was uh, the aforementioned Bruce Lee. So that's like the main thing that I watched this week. And I felt like it somewhat fit despite it being, you know, produced, fit into nerdery despite it being by produ- produced by ESPN. So they basically did a 30 for 30 there, you know, documentary line where they have a bunch of different great documentaries. But they did one based on Bruce Lee called Be Water. And it basically takes a look at the journey that led Bruce Lee's emergence as a singular icon or whatever. So I watched that earlier this week and I really, I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, just off the rip, you know what I mean? It's called Be Water. Um, that's one of my favorite Bruce Lee quotes. He's basically saying, just adapt. You know what I mean? Don't you don't want to be any element. You want to be water because water crashes, it crashes, it flows. You know, it, it's just a beautiful quote. And maybe um, after you chime in, I'll, I'll pull up the audio so they can hear it straight from the mouth of the God himself. You know, just to whatever form it's confined to. You know, adapt exactly. to any situation, any circumstance. Yeah, for sure, man. So like. Um, that alone, that alone got me, and I, I really, I really like, I really enjoyed it. You know, I watched it on Sling because I have the Sling on demand on ESPN, and I, I really like a documentary style. Like, just before I get into like some of the meat, I'm not gonna spoil everything. I want you and others to watch it, but I really like the documentary style. Like, you know, most documentaries, it's a lot of people who knew him on camera giving their spin on his life and all this stuff. But this one was a little bit different. It was all comprised of um, past images and videos, you know, not just of Bruce Lee and his family. Obviously, there's a lot of that, you know, Bruce Lee and his family and some of his movies and shows and stuff like that. But it shows a lot of video of different periods in Asian history, whether it be over in the East or over here in the West. And it is solely comprised of those images. They don't use any video from friends, family, business partners, students. There's no video of them talking to the camera. It's only voiceovers and you give a title. You know, like, for instance, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that was one of his friends um, during his life or whatever. Which just, you know, it's just his name pops up and they talk about, he talks about whatever he says, you know, informing his opinion on, on Bruce's life and exploits and all these things. 
and it's just beautiful, man. It's just some voiceover from different people, his daughter, his wife, you know, his friends, all of that stuff. But it's just backdrops of him in video doing martial arts, some of his screen tests in Hollywood, some of his movies, so many different appearances, him as a child, like so many different things, man. And it was just really, really, really enjoyable to me, man. So I really enjoyed that so much. It was only like an hour and like maybe like an hour and fifty minutes, mm-hmm. um, five zero minutes, and it was so good. And obviously, you know, I know he was a guy who was on film and all that stuff, but I was just shocked that how how much film there was of him, even like the non Hollywood stuff, even the non um, Asian film stuff. It's just him in his backyard training or interacting with his kids. You know, photos to 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 moving picture to just everything, and I thought it was a really interesting style that he used for the documentary. Well, that's very interesting, you know, because you don't really see too much um, footage of him training and actually applying the uh, martial art principles that he spoke of. You know, a lot of people try to challenge the fact that he was a martial artist or a fighter, and people will vouch for him and tell you that he is a real fighter. And if you actually see some of these clips, you can see that his, his his martial art is rather effective and has actual function. You know, he actually knows what he's doing. You know, the guy is an actual fighter. But um, I've seen some where he's sparring this one guy. You know, I don't think people have really seen that, how quick he is and the distance management, his reflexes. He really knew what he was doing. So I'd like to look into this and also learn more about the Asian culture and the time period, you know where he came up because apparently he learned martial arts because he was under attack by the triads. He was again, a lot of street fights with the triad, you know, gang members in uh, China. So his parents sent him to be taught by Ip Man, the Wing Chun Kung Fu artist. And for those who know, you know, those who don't know Wing Chun is a Kung Fu style. I think it, uh, it's a descendant of the white crane Kung Fu style. So um, it deals with a lot of short, short range attacks it's very uh close combat oriented uh, so that was that was basically his foundation bruce lee and then he came over to the united states and he started incorporating a lot of the uh other western styles like wrestling or boxing savat into his own martial art and he created jeet kondo so i'd like to see what this uh documentary has to offer because you know many a times they don't really get bruce lee right you know, a lot of movies that have come out, you know, throughout the years haven't really satisfied my, uh, you know, me being a Bruce Lee fan, it hasn't really satisfied me. I don't think they've really done a good job of capturing who he is, his philosophy, his style of fighting, things of that nature. So I'd like to check this documentary out and see what it has to offer. Yeah, man. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, him training with it, man. They definitely... um. Taught, definitely touch on that in the pod and you mentioning how he came over and um i don't know why i said pod i'm a little bit swished but, <laughs> but basically um on the documentary but they talked about that a little bit you know i'm not giving out all the gems there's definitely a lot more but they talked about how he was talking about like so many dope concepts like styles like divide us right so that's why when you talk about he came over to the u.s and was incorporating all these different martial arts boxing and things like that they talked about how he would look at muhammad ali and try to take some of the things he did and look at all these different you know boxers and different martial artists and really basically mixing all these different styles to be able to find a way for to find like a martial art that would benefit his body type the best where he could like generate the most strength you know 
right. and quickness based on his body type. And he was, I was really, I, I learned a lot, man, from how revolutionary he was in his politics, being against like British and Japanese, Japanese colonialism in China and Hong Kong. And his respect for, you know, black Americans and the civil rights movement. Like, as I, as I mentioned before, he was a good friend to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who we know is like a NBA legend and a civil rights icon. You know what I mean? He's still somebody that we look to to this day to speak on the issues that's going on, you know, on, on the day to day. And I really, really enjoyed the pod. I just really enjoyed the documentary. And I swear to God, I don't keep saying the podcast. You know what I mean? Just blame the hard sells of folks, okay? Blame the corona. But I, I really found it enjoyable because, like, unlike John, you know, like, I, I know John has more of, like, a knowledge of martial arts. And he really studies that more than I do. So for me, who doesn't know that much about Bruce Lee's history, I thought it was really, like, illuminating the things that they touched on, you know? Like, where him being born in San Francisco and, like you said, him learning it, learning from Ip Man to protect himself and how he kind of formed himself into what we all believe as Bruce Lee. It was a really, really good journey. So it was a little short, not even going to lie. It was a little short. I th- honestly thought it was going to be two weeks. Like a two-week documentary, maybe four hours. It was just two. So if you're somebody who's like a Bruce Lee expert, maybe it might not be everything you want. But for me, somebody who just had like a cursory knowledge of him, I thought it was really good and informative. So really enjoyed Be Water. And I definitely want to play that quote because like every time I hear this quote, like I get chills. Like I just love to hear it. Like even <laughs> even though I've heard it. Probably like five to ten times, but I just love it, man. So this is one of my favorite quotes from Bruce Lee. And obviously the quote that the uh, documentary is named after. I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle. It becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot. It becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Classic. Beautiful. Yeah, man. And I, I, I'm not going to say everything about it because, you know, this thing just came out, I think, last week, Sunday. Um, so that will be like uh, the 7th of June because we're recording on uh, June 13th. So it came out on the 7th of June. And so I'm not going to say everything, but I was really enlightened by how how much of well, what should i say i don't want to say hippie but I, I really liked the way he approached things and the way he thought right you know what i mean the way he thought was very this is my, my, my this is my word of the year i would say nuance but it, i don't know like he had a really like insightful way of, of thinking of just trying to get to the truth of everything man so it's like you mix him you mix his martial arts where he with his approach to life with his natural talent you know because i there's a quote there that i have to say it's not a big spoiler but i have to say well i think it was his ex-girlfriend she talked about him being a kinetic genius where he came back over to america from hong kong and they began dating and all that stuff and he had never danced before this particular style of dance and she showed him the dance once after showing him one time, too, like he mastered the dance. <laughs> just just looking at it once, and he kind of had the ability to kind of yep. just emulate what he saw. You know what I mean? So really, really enjoy that documentary, man. So right. just definitely well, he, check that out. 
he's a perfect representation of balance. You know, he preserved the traditional styles of martial arts, you know, from China, the Kung Fu, but then he also embraced newer styles. You know, he, he had an attitude where he questioned things. He questions tradition. He uh, analyzes things and doesn't hold on to them, you know, for nostalgic purposes or, you know, he's about whatever works. So he sees these newer styles, these, you know, these, well, not necessarily newer, but different styles like uh, boxing and wrestling that are on the rise in the Western world, in the Western world. And he incorporates that into his martial arts. So he's, he's not opposed to improving himself and taking other ideologies, a way of fighting and adapting it to, um, to his own style. You know, he's not a rigid person that refuses to evolve. I think he actually had like a sign on one of his desks or something of, of like a, a coffin. And he said, this is a martial artist who refused to evolve lie here. I think that was something he had in his like dojo or something like that. <laughs> right. So, you know, <laughs> that's who he was. He was an evolving character, you know, a link from the old to the new and his, his, his ideology really, you know, is kind of the basis of MMA today. So, you know, he's kind of a pioneer in that respect. And he has a lot of he has a lot of uh, great philosophies beyond just be water. I know you can go and read his book, Way of the Warrior. And then he has one called Jeet Kune Do, I believe. You know, he uh, he was just a great mind in general as well. So. And yeah, a very, very progressive individual. Yeah, definitely. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, very progressive. Like like you said, not rigid, open to new things and exploring new thoughts and I mean, we saw the product, man. His quickness, his strength, you know what I mean? From what, I, what I've what i seen, again, I'm not a Bruce Lee expert, but from what I've seen, seemed to be a good person by all accounts. Um, and yeah, man, nice little documentary. You de- definitely could have got a little bit more, not going to lie. I was shocked it was only just a couple of hours, but good nonetheless. Definitely worth checking out, man. So that's that's the main thing I I was looking at this week taking part in uh in nerdery um i i also did you you guys know from from last week i was talking about last week or the week before i was talking about how for some reason the wire is kind of my comfort show and i'm still trying to figure out why that is i have no clue because that's not like a hopeful show but not exactly comforting (laughs) right like i I, see someone's head blowing off on the block right exactly i don't know why it is but um i've continued to watch it and that's the other main thing that I watched this week. I finished The Wire season two. Um, but I will say that I, you know, obviously it's The Wire. It's probably like the greatest show of all time. Um, that or Game of Thrones for me. And I'm watching season two. I finished it this week. And it's just like, I really like that season way more than I did in the past. You know, the season is, I, I went from hating it. To liking it more, and I know the third time I'm rewatching The Wire, I feel like it might be one of the best seasons. It might even be like top two. Yep, yep. A lot it's of people so good. Go back and realize that that's like you know one of the better seasons. Because at first I didn't really like it either. You know, on the docks, the union. I'm getting bored. But then you know, you get <laughs> get more into it, and you know, you realize you know. The different parts each character plays and you, you you see it's actually a great production yeah man because if you think about it um like just the mix of you're, you're seeing the difference between a, a stringer ran organization as opposed to the avon organization and you've seen the benefits and the detriments and in retrospect i look at it a lot more harshly or i grade it a lot a lot more harshly 
than I did in, the first time I watched it. The first time I was like, oh, yeah, Avon is trying to be more quote-unquote civilized. And the more you watch the war, you are really trying to understand the world. Now you're looking at it and um, Stringer is making mistake after mistake after mistake because he's not understanding. Even though you want it to be operate like a quote-unquote real business, Avon keeps telling him the street is the street. Right. The street is going to be the street. It's not a it, yes, it's still a business, but it can't operate the way any of these other non-criminal businesses work. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of his decisions, you could see, even though it might have good intentions or I guess quote unquote better intentions, you see like how it how it fails over and over again. And it basically leaves him kind of scrambling to fix his mistakes. And you see the deterioration of his relationship with Avon from that's when it really starts to deteriorate. When Avon goes to jail. And then obviously you saw the stuff with the union. And them, the union desperately trying to save themselves. And resorting to crime. You know federal crimes. State crimes. All type of things. Racketeering. Smuggling. All those different things. To try to save themselves. Because of you know the economics of the US. You know going from being a country that made a bunch of things. To more of like a service economy. You know and. There's just so many elements. You realize how. Crime fuels not just the streets, but also business, politics, right. every level. Everything right. that they had going on in the police office, the, the political world, the docks, the same thing that's going on in the streets. You know, money, greed, claiming territory, you know, et cetera, and et cetera. You see it all throughout every, all the inner workings of society in the wire. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's that's when you start to see more a little bit a little bit of the politics in the city. So like like in like now I'm watching it for that third time. I'm like, yo, this season is really strong. And you get to see how the drugs, that's like the, the, the main theme of season one, how the drugs even get in. You know what I mean? How the you know what I mean? How the sausage is made, man. So <laughs> I know I'm going on about this, but Love this season, man, and and now I'm on to season three. But that that's mainly what I've been watching. So as you can tell, I, I've had a I've had a good week in in you know TV streaming nerdery, man. So um, what have you been into? What did you care about this week, John? Well, I definitely have to rewatch The Wire and get myself refamiliarized. But yeah. this week, I've been watching Queen of the South. So they recently dropped uh, season four. I think it's season four. You know the recent season. Just not too long ago, about a week ago. And that's what I've been watching because I've seen all the other um, episodes and seasons as well. So it's based on this character called uh, Teresa Mendoza. You know, she starts off kind of, you know, as a nobody, you know, with nothing. You know, she's the boyfriend of a drug dealer for a crime cartel in Mexico. And she is just that's kind of the the significance of her role you know she's just the girlfriend who um also works as someone who deals with like trade of currency and she can read to see if bills are fake or not you know that's that's kind of her little side job she doesn't really have any family they were all killed by the cartel in the past and eventually you know some things take place a boyfriend you know some things happen to him i'm not gonna spoil it too much and she eventually works her way to the top and starts her own cartel. Right. And, you know, from learning from the other cartel members that take her in, you know, she she gains some experience in the business. She learns how to deal with her adversaries, different strategies to exert her power and get the deals that she actually wants to get, you know, as far as securing a new connect or 
a new route or a new product. Now they just introduce a new character after new character after new character, and it just creates a bunch of wonderful, entertaining drama for you to watch. Especially if you like gangster flicks and stuff like that, you know, drug cartel shows on Netflix. You know, that's a good one. That's a pretty decent one to uh, start watching. Queen of the South. For sure. Like I've, I've actually, con- I know you spoke to me about it before, so that's the one I'm gonna probably just start on my list. My list is just ever growing. It was already like ridiculously long, but now that I started a pod, like the list is like out the front door. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really yep. one of those long scrolls. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. So that's definitely one I'm gonna jump on next. I probably watch that like simultaneously with the wire, because obviously you know I've seen it before, you know. So I don't need to pay that much attention to the wire, although I'm still learning. So definitely one to add onto it. Definitely a little bit of a of a gangster theme after we got past B Water. <laughs> so shout out to that man but uh that is it for what we cared about this week now we're gonna get into what intrigues us in nerdery and obviously we would be remiss if we did not talk about sony's ps5 like release man like on june 11 ps5 bit uh sony basically talked about the specs of the ps5 all the games that was going to be introduced Oh, man, the only thing they didn't give us was the price. But in terms of, you know, the specs, what we're going to expect from this release in our holiday of this year, 2020, they gave us a lot, man. Like, they gave us a lot. Um, Obviously, we're going to get into Spider-Man, Miles Morales, having his own video game, which is dope. Obviously, we love that. I wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, I guess, the you know, the release uh, the preview of Sony PS5. Like, what did you think after seeing some of that, that information leak out? It's beautiful, man. That new PS5 is a work of art. You know, I'm just looking at some of the specs and the design. They are the ray tracing, the super fast SSD, built-in 4K Blu-ray player. And it's going to have backwards compatibility with, you know, a lot of the PS4 games. So... You know, it's not like you have to abandon any other games. You know, you could probably put them on this system and see it in a whole new light. So I'm very excited. I'm going to buy it. I don't care what the price is. It's I'm taking it. I can't wait to play the Miles Morales game because I've never really played a Spider-Man game. I think I played it wait, once. Wait, wait. Pardon I'm, me, sir. I'm do you sorry. own a P- Do you own a PlayStation 4? I own a PlayStation 4. All right, I'm gonna take over your segment here, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna need <laughs> you to buy that play that buy that Spider-Man game tonight. It's probably on sale. Everything been on sale during the coronavirus. You know what I mean? During the pandemic. So check it out. See if you can do it. But I, let me tell you something. That Spider-Man game, mm. like that was that's that's basically a, that's almost a perfect game, bro. Really, the, the story is amazing. The story is amazing. The characters are amazing. The gameplay is amazing. The swinging is amazing. The fighting is amazing, bro. That game is perfect. I would come from work after a long day at work. Come on, I play that game as long as I could. That game is amazing. So I I had to stop you and I have to implore you. (laughs) You got to play that game, man. Okay. That game is. That game is perfect, man. Perfect. And it's addictive. Even if you beat the main story, you can still run around and beat up bad guys and swing and collect everything you want. And everything in the game is built, I guess, to scale. Yeah, built to scale, you know, basically New York. And you could you could swing forever, bro. 
Like it's ridiculous. That's one thing. I did shortly um play on another friend's console back in the day, PS2, uh old Spider-Man game, and that's one thing I did enjoy about, you know, my brief moments with that game, being able to swing through the city and just the immersiveness of it, you know, to like navigate through NYC. You know, but using your spider webs and stuff, right. you know, that's very, you know, exhilarating. So I would definitely uh, buy this game here and beat up some bad guys. And hopefully they have different, like, applications with your web or something. And I could just tear them out. And that's the thing, too. Like, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I know we want to talk about the PS5, but the one for PS4, they even have, like, so much, like, modifications you can make in terms of different moves you can do. Like moves and combos and suits and customization. That game is perfect. So I, I'm I'm super excited for PS5 for the PS5 version. You got Miles Morales, which he makes an appear he makes a pretty decent appearance in the PS4 Spider-Man game. So having this release of him having his own game is not a DLC. His very own game in for the PS5 makes sense based on the story because he was definitely I don't want to say prominently featured. But close to it. You know, he, he had a very important part of the story in in the PS4 game. So this thing looks amazing. The graphics on the PS5 look nuts. You know what I mean? I even talked about that a little bit a few episodes ago with Jay the Tankin. I think it was episode 12. And this one is excellent. And most importantly, all of that goodness aside, they got Miles with a, with a fresh lineup, man. The lineup is super fresh. You know what I mean? It's a major improvement from PS4. You know, he didn't look bad, but this, he looks like super fresh. I, my body is ready for oh, that well, PS5, okay? My lineup ain't fresh. I look like the new Wolverine. <laughs> Boss, I agree. I, I can't even I can't even talk, man. Like, I don't, a lot of people line up seem fresh right now during that pandemic, man. Looking rough. Yeah. Ragamuffin style. They're going to make a new video game on me. I'm the new Marvel character. With oh, hair really? spines as my, I could shoot like spiky hair from my scalp. That's my, that's my <laughs> that's, ability. That's your bubble. So you, you basically spike from um, X Men Evolution. I'm a class three mutant. I don't know, but I probably like class one. You know what I mean? You gotta save them upper levels for the real G's like myself. You know what I mean? Mm, I feel you. You know, I mean, one day. You know, one day. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody can be a goat. <laughs> They can call you Seltzer Man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how effective that power would be, but I'm with it right now. I'm with it right now. But yeah, man, like I'm very excited about the PS5. You know, obviously, um, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Originally, they were going to um uh, release the video for um release the video and the whole presentation on June 6th, I believe, but they postponed it. I guess in respect to all the protests and things that were going around around the U.S. They wanted to kind of give up space for those voices to be heard. So they postponed it till June 11th. And, like, it, it's a big thing, man. I mean, even aside from Spider-Man, like, they announced a lot of other games. NBA 2K21 looks looks amazing. Like, amazing. Like, the type of the graphics. It looks like, kind of like a real person. Like, it, it it's out of this world, man. Yeah. They, they also have... Uh, let me think of a big title. Oh, no, a, and Clank. Oh, go, go ahead, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't know if this is a big title, but some of the other games I saw were very interesting, like Ghostwire. That's where you could walk around Tokyo and, like, 
basically use magical powers to uh, fight ghosts, demons, and things like that. That looks very interesting. I think I'm going to buy yes. that one. Hell yeah. And then Project Athea is also kind of magic-based. And, um, you know, you're running around using all types of nature-based magic and spiritual abilities to it. You know, you know, I love magic. So that's another one I'm going to look into. I'm probably going to buy that one as well. So a lot of interesting titles coming up on that uh, console. No, definitely, definitely. So I'm super excited about that. I'm a, I've already been... I've already been a, a a PS a PlayStation person, you know. I have to switch on the PlayStation. Not anti Xbox, but I I find that I, I gravitate more to the PlayStation because of all the RPG yep. and anime titles and stuff like that. So. Yep. Plus, I, I, I like the simplicity of the uh, the PlayStation controller. You know, I I think the Xbox is a little too uh too much going on. Yeah, yeah, but I will say though, the good thing about Xbox is that I've been learning. Um, from podcasts like the Nerd Off, from my guy, uh, the Black Guy Who Tips, Rod and Karen, um, they always they always talk about Game Pass and basically like Game Pass for the Xbox allows you to get so many games basically essentially for free. You know what I mean? Okay. You pay a small fee and their their network of games from indie games to even bigger games, it is a very good value. So I, I'm I'm just saying that just to point out that not anti Xbox, but just me personally, I'm more of a PS4 and on Switch on switch guy but yeah man good games to, good games to come man obviously they have an upgraded grand theft auto 5 demon souls remake godfall so yeah i'm excited man I'm, I'm ready to see the only thing is i'm waiting to see that price man i thought it would be around 600 but there's rumors that it might be 700 and Ooh. we're gonna see we're gonna see that's, that's that's a little steep i'm still probably gonna buy it but it's that's yeah. a little steep you said demon souls remake you, yes, sir. You mean the high blood pressure remake? Yeah, I ain't buying it. I just know it's popular. <laughs> I know a lot of people like it. You know that uh, game will stress you out. You know, Axe Gif. You know, I used to play. I used to come over by the room <laughs> back in the day in college in UT, University of Tampa. I'd come in there and he let me play Demon Souls on his console, and I'd just be pulling my hair out, man. Boss. Right. I remember those days. I would just watch JG and give play that game and just stress themselves the hell out, you know? While I just drink a beer and relax, you know? <laughs> that, nah, that game ain't for me, man. But it's still, you know, a popular quality game, man. So I say all that to say the PS5 is coming. We're excited about it. I, I, I'm really excited, man. Because the graphics look excellent, man. It looks excellent. The titles seem good off the rip. You got a Spider-Man game. And I can't even imagine how games like the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to look on that PS5. It's going to look immaculate. You know what oh. I mean? So I, I, I can't wait, man. I'm excited as hell. So shout out to that, man. So up next, um, shifting a little bit from, from video games over to the MCU, there was, a, there, was, there was a story talking about how Beyonce was going to be in Black Panther 2. And then the internet went from... From BLM over to yo, let's 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 shit on Beyonce for 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 two hours, and everybody will say, oh my god, she's a terrible actor. Why would they put her in Black Panther? Da 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 da. She's the worst ever. Jay Z, come get your wife. Yeah yeah yeah. All of that BS. And like I predicted, it was not a true story. You know oh what god. I mean? It was debunked or whatever. I, I hope I'm not hearing uh, Beyonce hate because you're looking at a beehive boy. 
You know what I mean? I'm Looking sorry at me, high boy. I don't think that... no Beyonce slander in my presence, brother. Well, you're going to have to take this slander, all right? She's good in the booth. <laughs> She's good in the booth. But in that acting studio, keep her out of there. <laughs> and definitely not a storm. You know, if she wants sure. to be like, you know, the, the girl that serves cheese on a platter or something. Right. They could put her in as that role there. But right. not storm, man. I feel like they've never gotten storm right. You know, they got Holly Berry, but I don't like storm is like a I forgot the class levels, but she's like one of the most powerful mutants. You know, right. in the earlier X-Men movies from the early 2000s, you know, she, they made her look weak. She was getting slapped up by this girl that ran fast with piercings right. on and gothic clothes. Like, bro, like she's supposed to be one of the, the most powerful mutants with a very colorful and interesting backstory. Like, she could have a movie on her own. And I just feel like they never get a character right. And don't right. get me started on that Fox movie. They, yeah, no, we ain't doing terrible. that. She wasn't even like a real character. She was just there. Yeah, she basically, she was like window dressing, man. But, yeah. but like, no, I agree completely, man. Um, you know, Beyonce isn't a great actor. I mean, I don't think she's a lead. You know, she comes in and she could do her part. I think she was fine in Lion King. I never expected her to be in Black Panther too. Like as soon as I heard that story, I knew it was BS. Just from the language of it, there was no confirmation. They were talking about rumors, and then people went, people ran wild with that and my thought was at the most she's gonna have like a minor role and we'll just be like oh haha beyonce is in this and they're gonna move on like because one for the vast majority of it in the black panther world you have to max you have to master that accent either the south african accent that they really use or at least some type of west african accent and we know beyonce is too busy that producing bangers to do that like she don't have time to really get into that it also takes real acting skill that too, that helps. <laughs> so she could be one of the background Wakandan citizens, you know. Right. Drinking some water or something, you know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if people noticed, but like Wale was a background. He was like in that like merchant clip. He was in the background just selling gear in um, Black Panther. So like something like that would be cool. Perfect. But yeah, so like they they announced that. She's not. She is not. The tabloid was wrong about her being in Black Panther too. You she know what I mean? A little, she could have a little clip selling CDs or something. That's good. First of all, how dare you? Wakanda <laughs> don't sell no CDs, bro. Okay, <laughs> they don't sell no CDs. What they're gonna do is upload the music from their console directly into your mind, bro. No MP3s, <laughs> no True. CDs, nothing. True. Okay, <laughs> okay. Don't ever say Wakanda's name in vain, John. Don't you ever do it. Never. <laughs> but but yeah, man. So I, I just wanted to mention that because the B, the Beyonce slander. This is a no Beyonce slander zone, all right? Pro Jigger, pro Beyonce, and I having it. Beehive be boy in a building, okay? And not to uh, spoil, but, you know, Storm does have great significance in the Wakandan story. And, you know, she's actually a very important character to uh, T'Challa. Right. So you definitely got to get that right. Exactly. Know? And the thing, too, is that well, I, what I will say is, aside from the beehive jokes, um, what I will say is after I shot it down, I saw it on Twitter. I said there's no way she doesn't have a she, there's no way that she has a big role. The only thing I thought they could possibly do is I think her name is Monica Lynn. And in some of the Black Panther comic runs, she is a um she is a love interest of T'Challa 
and she's actually like uh like uh not pop but she's like i think she's like an r&b type of singer in the comic books and they have like a love interest or whatever he's battle he's battling between you know being king being wakanda centric and being in love with her so for a second after i shot it down i was like wait are they gonna make her monica lynn because that kind of makes sense because Beyonce is the R&B pop singer superstar that Monica Lynn is. But like we said before, I don't think she's ready to be a co-lead. Not, 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 not ever dissing Beyonce. You know, just hearing her voice making me smile because I'm in love with her. You know what I mean? The uh, fineness that is Beyonce. The excellence that is Beyonce. But... No man, but so any of you guys hating, I know what it is. All right, pull up. I'm gonna be the dude with a Corona hot seltzer in his hand. All right, listening to Beyonce. Pull up. As long as Beyonce don't pull up on the set of Black Panther two, we don't have any issues. Oh my God, I, I've been waiting to pull this off for you after the last few weeks. So th- this is what th- look, 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 listen to this one. Let's see if I can get this thing to play. Every time John John makes one of these jokes, this is why I'm going to play. See, it's telling you not to play it. That's why it's, it's not it's working. It's telling me not to play it. I think I, I think what it is. You know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, but <laughs> see? he's talking about his little, his little pull-up joke. Let me give it to you. You ready for it? You ready for it? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yikes. Yikes. See? Because the pull-up joke was good. That's yeah, why, I don't that's know. That's why you can't play it. <laughs> last shot, last shot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I am being good. betrayed. I am being betrayed every minute by my phone. I don't know it why was, it's this, it was but it's probably betrayed. a Beyonce song. That's why I didn't want you to play it. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, I will cancel this whole podcast <laughs> for the Beyonce slander. Don't you dare. Don't you ever disrespect the queen. Yeah, right. let, me, let me stop before they come find my house or something. That's right. When you when you see the bees, when you see the bees start buzzing, they're gonna be a problem. For real. Yeah, but but no man. So that, that that's the scoop on the Beyonce news or non-Beyonce Black Panther news. I will say though, I really hope that Black Panther two incorporates um, what's my guy's name? Oh man, I can't believe I forget his name. He's basically in Atlantis. He is. Marvel's version of Namor. Namor. Thank you, Namor. Yes, thank you. He's his version of Aquaman. But I really hope it's a Namor and Atlantis versus T'Challa and Wakanda. That would be a dope, epic thing. So that's kind of what I'm rooting for, based on some things that they showed, even in um in Endgame. So we'll see, man. That's that, that, that that's kind of my hopes for that series. But wait, they had some like, you no, know, like something alluding towards you know Atlantis in Endgame potentially um there was there was okay if you remember in endgame you remember um you know half of the world half of the population of the earth was gone and captain america was basically saying hey there is a silver lining there are like there's like a school of a bunch of whales in the hudson river something they haven't seen in hundreds of years and all of that stuff and there was some talk that that could have been like a little easter egg saying like namor and the Atlanteans are starting to like poke their heads up and seeing what's going on on the surface world. And then I know Black Panther movie is coming next. And I know that in the comic books, they have cl- they have conflicts, famous conflicts between Black Panther and Namor. So it's really dope because Namor is a king of Atlantis. He has this amazing technolog- technologically advanced society behind him. And the same with T'Challa. 
T'Challa, yeah. You I know, like, I oh love, my God, that could be great. You know, I love T'Challa. I love Black Panther. And, um, you know, T'Challa is a wonderful character in um, the movies. You know, he's he's definitely a character that has compassion, but he's also, you know, vicious as well. But in the comics, yeah, he he don't play around at all. He's even more vicious. Matter of fact, I think I read the excerpt where um, the story where Namor wanted to show off some of his powers. So he destroyed Wakanda, you know, tore it up with some of his enhanced powers from some, right. you know, astrological event or something like that. And T'Challa said, oh, yeah. And he sent all of his troops to Atlantis and wiped everybody out. <laughs> so in, in in the comic books, yeah, T'Challa is cool blooded, man. He don't play around. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like they definitely made him more he was never evil, but it definitely made him a little bit more reasonable in the MCU. He's not as like cold blooded. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But I'm definitely excited about that and we'll see we'll see how that, that we'll see how that plays out, man. But um, that's all we have for MCU this week on a transition to anime news. And I'm definitely gonna let my guy JG take over this. I know he's been waiting to talk about this story. All right. So this is big news, man. Everyone's talking about it. It's the first black owned, first major anime studio owned by black animators in Japan. Yup. It's called The Art Shatigio. Now I'm pretty sure I you know mispronounced that. But you can go and look at the article link that Joel will provide. And um, it was founded by the 32-year-old animator Henry Thurlow and the background artist Arthel Isom and his twin brother Darnell. So they created a studio infusing, you know, American culture in with the Japanese anime. And, you know, they've actually worked on a lot of huge anime products. You know, I think uh, Thurlow... Is a background animator for a lot of big animes like Bleach, Gintana, Gintama, Black Butler is a big one, uh, Naruto. So he's he's done a lot of work, you know, Tokyo Ghoul. And, you know, from what I understand, he didn't feel like he was getting a lot of um, credit for what he was doing, and he was working for a very low wage. So right. you know, with this major studio now, you know, displaying their own work, I'm sure that he will receive that, and it's definitely something you want to support as well. Because, you know, we all love anime, man. And, um, you know, black people have always loved kung fu movies. And now, right. <laughs> and now it's, it's kind of like, you know, anime is that new thing now. So, that we all love and crave and search for new ones every week like me. So, um, it's definitely, definitely something to look forward to. I think he was behind a project on Castlevania Season 3 as well. You know, I love Castlevania. I don't know if anyone saw that recent uh, season. Excellent animation, excellent fight scenes. I mean, it was just explosive and colorful. Right. So um, definitely quality work you can expect with this new anime studio here. Yeah, man. I mean, it's dope to just listen to everything you said. Like, the guy is clearly an expert, you know? Worked on all these high-quality projects. Did good work or else obviously they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't uh, air it. Or put it out. So definitely exciting news. And while you were talking, I was thinking about Noir Caesar, like a black owned anime comic book company that creates a lot of their own anime, their own anime, um, especially particularly mostly manga, you know, manga projects. So I wonder if there's going to be some type of collaboration between these two entities because they have a lot of like um, 
new original IPs, new original manga with a lot of black characters on different stories and is more diverse. So I wonder if these two entities will kind of, you know, link up and basically have some animes developed off of those those new IPs, those new mangas. So definitely some some good news, man. It's always good to see some some good news, especially with all the things that's going on in the world right now, man. So that was, that was a big story this week. A lot of people on Twitter were very excited. Anime Twitter was pretty, pretty excited about that. So that was a, a nice bright spot in this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. You know, I can't wait to watch some of these animes. I think one of them they have is, uh, let me see here. I think it's Ignited, Indigo Ignited. I think that's one that uh, Thurlow was behind. Uh, you could probably start checking out. It's like an anime short. I don't think it's a you know like a full blown show with a bunch of different seasons. But you know that's one thing to check out. You know the article that uh, Joel will provide will offer more information as to what plans they have. So definitely look out for it and you know see what type of productions they they um, bring out. Yeah, for sure. So I'll definitely add that into. I'll probably just add that in the show notes. You know, if you're curious, you can kind of click the link. But um, yeah, man. So definitely add that. And while we're in anime, we're gonna move on to another property that that JG is in love with. Um, this is more like simpler news, but I wanted to announce so people have a chance to, to know that it's coming up. But Yu Yu Hakusho is coming to Netflix, man. I believe it's in its in entirety. It's coming to Netflix on June 26th, man. So Netflix is just shaking right now. You know what I mean? Bringing out all the content. They they are fighting to just try. They're trying their best to bury everybody else. HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, everybody else, Hulu, all that good stuff. So Yu Hakusho is coming on June 26th, man. So I am ready. I am ready, ready, ready. Uh, dope ass anime. I've, and I've actually been one that I've been wanting to rewatch because I watched it a long, a long time ago. Maybe like 10, 11 years ago. At least yeah, more man. of it. We're on the same schedule, man. Because that's actually one anime I wanted to rewatch as well. But I have Crunchyroll. So, you know, they took it off of Crunchyroll a long time ago. It's on Funimation. And I didn't, I didn't want to start up a new account and pay, right. pay, pay for another monthly subscription. So I didn't do it. So, but to, so to hear that it's coming to Netflix, I'm very excited. So I can't, I can't wait to rewatch that. You know, that's one of the most influential animes in history, period. Right. You know, and the show was just great overall. The character development is a one. You know, they have, you know, they focus on like four or five main characters, and they really flesh out their stories, and their bonds grow as time, you know, goes by. You know, and then they fight and face new, diff- you know, different adversaries. Right. If, you know, if you like magic and the spiritual abilities, you're gonna re- you're gonna really love the uh you know the concept in Yu Haka show, and and how um how they use the spiritual different types of spiritual energies and f- demons and all types of different things, and how the characters learn new techniques. I always love to see them learn new techniques and train and of course there's some strategy involved in every fight as well. So it's not, it's not just mindless punching. So you know. So I was good to see that. Yu Hakusho is just one of the greats. Point blank period. It's self-explanatory. Check the show out. Now a lot, I see a lot of people, you know, watching stuff like Hunter x Hunter for the first time. Hunter x Hunter is actually influenced by Yu Yu Hakusho. Right. So you know that's I like I like to start with the classics first. You know the more you know foundational animes, and then 
I go out and I watch all the other new stuff. I don't right. do it the other way around. I, I like to get my foundation right first. Right. It makes sense, man. I believe it's the same creator for both of those shows, man. So. Yes, it is. Yeah, so definitely dope thing coming to Netflix in the next few weeks or so. So, you know, definitely check that out. I'm excited about that as I try to get back on to. Yeah. If you've <laughs> never if you've never seen you Haka show, go and check that out. If you if you're new to anime, go and check that out. And it definitely has one of the best opening and ending theme songs ever. So yeah. No question. Legendary theme. But sticking on to like shows that I need to rewatch or that I wanted to rewatch, another one of those was Shaman King, you know, and it was a show that was on like Fox Kids that I loved as a kid that I really enjoyed waking up to and watching on Saturday for that lineup. Um, I'm smiling right now just thinking about that feeling that I had as a kid. And now they actually have a reboot, a reboot coming for Shaman King announced. It's going to be reborn and it's coming back to anime, the anime world in April 2021, according to the official website. So it's no rumor. This thing is coming, man. So I'm ready for it. Basically having like avatars and spirits fight on your behalf. The shamans trying to basically battle to be the greatest, the king of the shamans, shaman king. And you know what I mean? My, my body is ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for ready for the shaman king. Plus, it's uh, a reboot, you know, right. it's a it's a reboot. So they might do something different with the characters. And of course, you got to expect that new anime art style as well. So it's going to be beautiful, man. They could really do a lot with this show and it could probably be one of the uh, one of the biggest ones out if they do it right. Yeah, man. So that's definitely one I am excited for. So a lot, a lot of classics coming back in, you know, original forms and reboots, a lot of dope things. Um, and that was the last thing on our list for what intrigues us in nerdery. Obviously, there's a lot more news, and we'll have more of that, more of that for you guys coming in the future, man. So up next, you know what it is, my favorite segment um, <laughs> every week, Absurd Nerdery, a.k.a. never, ever go full nerd, man. So basically talk about, the absurd nerdery, you know, either laugh, judge, or sometimes even defend the absurdity absurdity of the nerdery. You know what I mean? So this week, this one is pretty obvious um, in the nerd world. The, the, the renewed console wars, you know what I mean? Uh, people arguing, having serious debates over, you know, I don't know, ridiculous turf wars about PS5 versus Xbox and really drawing lines in the sand if you're really doing a if you're giving people a whole dissertation on you know playing xbox over ps4 man you're missing the point and you're going full nerd and that's never that's right. suggested all right too much of anything is bad yeah man like we have dudes who are like 30 plus arguing about like legitimately arguing not jokes not little photoshop jokes that are fun for everybody to enjoy we talking about Grown ass men arguing about oh the PS5 is way better than the Xbox. Guys, get a goddamn life, okay? You know what I mean? I know it's a corona. Get outside, see the sunshine. You know what I mean? Yeah, Live man. your life, put on your masks. Like if some people like some like some people like the games on Xbox, some people like Game Pass, some people like how Xbox is more of an entertainment system, and some people like more of the anime stuff, more of the RPGs, you know, the Spider-Man games, the God of War. 
the ghost of, of Tsushima, and and that's their thing, man. So like, let's let's not go nuts with this whole console yeah. wars nonsense. Insulting people and stuff, you know, like that's ridiculous. You know, we're all escapists here. We're trying to get our, you know, we're we're trying to satisfy our escapist urges and needs, and our gaming consoles are the uh, the system in which we choose to do so. Whether whether it's xbox or ps4 and you know that's right. how we escape from our the normalcy of the world and the stresses and we become new characters man so however you do it xbox or ps4 that's fine personally i prefer the ps4 i prefer to switch that's just what i like but i'm not beating anybody over the head trying to find an address trying to punch somebody in the face call them up their name <laughs> right <laughs> because because they're playing the xbox all right, right. that's cool right right exactly exactly man man like that and all the stupid gay jokes like it's jokey man you're a big ass man man go over it get over it get some get some maturity and move the hell on man <laughs> like right. move the hell on man so yeah i'll definitely the outgrow that and um yeah man it's got goddamn life man like we, we all know what's going on in the world man we get protests going on we have the pandemic we have ridiculous leadership we are fools arguing nonsense about people's everyday lives and humanity and dignity. So, come on, man. Let's 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 save the anger for for the things that actually matter, not something that's trivial as this. You know, enjoy your escapism. I move the hell on, man. Don't go absurd, nerd. It's ridiculous. And I mean, yeah, man. So that that is basically absurd nerdery this week. And finally, you guys know I like to leave you guys with words of wisdom. You know what I mean? And there's a serious world and serious things are going on, but I was watching. I watched this movie once again recently, classic, you know. And um, this uh, this phenomenal artist named Peaches had this wonderful line that I just wanted to share with you guys, man. Because Peaches had bars, you know what I mean. So <clears throat> let me clear my throat. This is a serious moment here, <clears throat> and it goes. My name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to fill my breast. There you go. That's inspiring <laughs> words right there, man. You know what it is, man. Shout out to Peaches, man. Shout out to coming to America. That's actually getting a re- reboot coming up after this pandemic is over. So look out for that. And yeah, man, that was this week's episode of Nerdery and Nonsense, episode 14. Real boy Joe. And obviously, my guy, JG, a.k.a. the Magnanimous One. It's my guy right here. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, you guys know you can check us out. Uh, like the page on Facebook, the Nerds with Accents podcast. And we will drop our uh, socials in the show description, man. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Share, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. All of that good stuff on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, the new Google Podcasts. Um, that's a new venture for them. All that good stuff, man. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.